This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Graham Williams. The Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer. Edited by D. Lang Purvis. This reading is based on the book The Canterbury Tales and other poems. The original text contains poems by Chaucer and a lot of notes and explanations by the editor. To view these, please click on the Gutenberg e-text link on the LibriVox catalogue page of the Canterbury Tales. The Nun's Priest's Tale The Prologue Ho! quoth the knight. Good sir, no more of this. That ye have said is right enough, ye wis, and much more. For little heaviness is right enough to much folk, I guess. I say for me, it is a great disease. Whereas men have been in great wealth and ease, to hearen of their sudden fall, alas, and the contrary is joy and great solace, as when a man hath been in poor estate, and climbeth up, and waxeth fortunate, and there abideth in prosperity. Such thing is gladsome, as it thinketh me, and of such thing were goodly for to tell. Yea, quoth our host, by St. Paul's bell, ye say right sooth, this monk hath clapped loud, he spake how fortune, covered with a cloud, I wot not what, and also of a tragedy right now ye heard, and pardee, no remedy it is for to bewail, nor complain that that is done, and also it is pain, as ye have said, to hear of heaviness. Sir monk, no more of this, so God ye bless. Your tale annoyeth all this company, such talking is not worth a butterfly, for therein is there no sport nor game. Therefore, Sir Monk, Dan Piers, by your name, I pray you heartily, tell us somewhat else. For sickly ne'er clinking of your bells that on your bridle hang on every side, by heaven's king that for us all had died, I should ere this have fallen down for sleep, although the slough had never been so deep. Then had your tale been all told in vain. For certainly, as these clerk is saying, Whereas a man may have no audience, Naught helpeth it to tell his sentence. And well I wot the substance is in me, If anything shall well reported be. Sir, say somewhat of hunting, I you pray. Nay, quoth the monk, I have no lust to play. Now let another tell, as I have told. Then spake our host with rude speech and bold, And said unto the nunny's priest anon, Come near, thou priest, come hither, thou, Sir John, Tell us such thing as may our hearties glad. Be blithe, although thou ride upon a jade, What though thine horse be both foul and lean, If he will serve thee, Wreck thou not a bean, look that thine heart be merry evermore. 
Yes, host, quoth he, so may I ride or go, but I be merry, I wis I will be blamed. And right anon his tale he hath attained, and thus he said unto us every one, this sweet priest, this goodly man, Sir John. The Nun's Priest's Tale A poor widow, some deal estepped in age, Was, while um, dwelling in a poor cottage, Beside a grove, standing in a dale. This widow, of which I tell you my tale, Since thilk a day that she was last a wife, In patience led a full simple life. For little was her chattel and her rent. By husbandry of such as God her sent, She found herself, and eke her daughters too. Three large sows had she, and no more, Three kine, and eke a sheep, that hight a mal. Full sooty was her bower, and eke her hall, In which she ate full many a slender meal. Of poignant sauce knew she never a deal, No dainty morsel passed through her throat, Her diet was accordant to her coat. Repletion her made never sick, A temper diet was all her physic, And exercise, and hearty's suffisance. The gouty led her nothing for to dance, nor apoplexy shent in not her head. No wine drank she, neither white nor red. Her board was served most with white and black, milk and brown bread, in which she found no lack. Sained bacon, sometimes an egg or tway, for she was, as it were, a manner day. A yard she had, enclosed all about with stickies, and a dry ditch without, in which she had a cock, height shanty clear, in all the land of crowing, nas his peer. His voice was merrier than the merry organ on massa days that in the church is gone. Well sickerer was his crowing in his lodge, than is a clock, or an abbey hor lodge. By nature he knew each ascension of the equinoctial in Vilca town. For when degrees fifteen were ascended, then crew he, that it might not be amended. His comb was redder than the fine coral, embattled, as it were, a castle wall. His bill was black, and as the jet it shone. Like azure were his leggers and his tone, His nail is whiter than the lily-flower, And like the burnished gold was his colour. This gentle cock had in his governance Seven hennies, for to do all his pleasance, Which were his sister's, and his paramours, And wondrous like to him as of colours, Of which the fairest hued in the throat 
was called Damozella Partalote. Courteous she was, discreet and debonair, and companionable, and bare herself so fair since the day that she seven night was old, that truly she had the heart in hold of Chanticleer, locked in every lith. He loved her so, that well was him therewith. But such a joy it was to hear them sing, when that the brightest sun began to spring, in sweet accord, my leaf is fairy in land. For at that time, as I have understand, beasties and birdies could speak and sing. And so befell that in a dawning, as Chanticleer among his wives all sat on his perch that was in the hall, and next him sat this fair apartalota, this Chanticleer gan groanen in his throat, as man that in his dream is dretched sore. And when that partalote thus heard him roar, she was aghast, and said, Hearted dear, what aileth you to groan in this manner? Ye be a very sleeper, fie for shame. And he answered and said thus, Madame, I pray you, that ye take it not a grief, by God me metty, I was in such mischief right now, that yet mine heart is sore affright. Now God, quoth he, my sweven read aright, and keep my body out of foul prison. Me meta how that I roamed up and down within our yard, whereas I saw a beast was like an hound, and would have made a rest upon my body, and would have had me dead. His colour was betwixt yellow and red, and tipped was his tail, and both his ears with black. Unlike the remnant of his hairs, his snout was small, with glowing iron tway. Oh, yet of his look, almost for fear I die. This caused me my groaning doubtless. Away, quoth she, fie on you, heartless. Alas, quoth she. For by that God above now have ye lost my heart and all my love. I cannot love a coward, by my faith. For certes whatso any woman saith, we all desiren, if it might be, to have husbands hardy, wise, and free, and secret, and no niggard, nor no fool nor him that is aghast of every tool, nor no aventure by that God above. How durst ye for shame say to your love that anything might make you afeard? Have ye no manny's heart and have a beard? Alas, and can ye be aghast of swevenes? Nothing but vanity, God wot, in swevenes. Swevens engender of repletions, and oft of fume and of complexions, when humours be too abundant in a white. Certes this dream, which ye have met to-night, 
cometh of the great superfluity of your red cholera party, which causeth folk to dreaden in their dreams of arrows and of fire with ready beams, of ready beasties that they will them bite of contact and of whelpies, great and light. Right as the humour of melancholy causeth full many a man in sleep to cry for fear of bullies or of berries black, or else that black devils will them take. Of other humours could I tell also, that work in many a man in sleep much woe, that I will pass as lightly as I can. Lo, Cato, which was that so wise a man, said he not thus, nay do no force of dreams. Now, sir, quoth she, when we fly from these beams, for God is love, as take some laxative, on peril of my soul and of my life, I counsel you the best, I will not lie, that both of choler and melancholy ye purge you, and for ye shall not tarry, though in, though in this town is no apothecary, I shall myself two herbies teach you, that shall be for your health and for your prow. And in our yard the herbies shall I find, the which have of their property by kind, to perjure you beneath and eke above. Sire, forget not this, for God is love, ye be full choleric of complexion. Weary that the sun, in his ascension, you find it not replete of humours hot. And if it do, I dare well lay a groat, that ye shall have a fever tertiane, or else an ague that may be your bane. A day or two ye shall have digestives of wormes, ere ye take your laxatives, of laurel, centauri, and fumitory, or else of elderberry that groweth there, of catapus, or of the gaiterberries, or herb ivy growing in our yard that merry is. Pick them right as they grow, and eat them in. Be merry, husband, for your father's kin, dready no dream. I can say you no more. Madam, quoth he, grand mercy of your lore. But natheless, as touching Dan Catone, that hath of wisdom such a great renown, though that he bad no dream is for to dread, by God, men may in oldy bookies read, of many a man more of authority than ever Cato was, so may I thee, that all the reverse say of his sentence, and have well founden by experience, that dreamies be significations as well of joy as tribulations that folk enduren in this life present. There needeth make of this no argument, the very priva showeth it indeed. One of the greatest authors that men read saith thus, that whilom two fellows went on pilgrimage in a full good intent, and happened so, they came into a town where there was such a congregation of people, and eke so straight of herbergage, that they found not as much as one cottage in which they both might illogid be. Wherefore they musten of necessity, as for that night, depart a company, and each of them went to his hostelry, and took his lodging, 
as it would fall. The one of them was lodged in a stall, far in a yard, with oxen of the plough. That other man was lodged well enow, as was his aventure, or his fortune, that us governeth all, as in commune. And so befell that long ere it were day, this man met it in his bed there, as he lay, how that his fellow gan upon him call, and said, Alas! for in an ox's stall this night shall I be murdered where I lie. Now help me, deary brother, or I die. In all a haste come to me, he said. This man out of his sleep for fear abraid, but when that he was waked out of his sleep, he turned him, and took of this no keep. He thought his dream was but a vanity. Thus twice in his sleeping dreamed he, and at the third a time yet his fellow again came, as he thought, and said, I am now slow, behold my bloody wound is deep and wide. Arise up early in the morning tide, and at the west gate of the town, quoth he, a carty full of dung there shalt thou see in which my body is hid privily. Do thilk a cart a rosty boldily. My gold caused my murder, sooth to sayn, and told him every point how he was slain, with a full piteous face, and pale of hue. And trusty well his dream he found full true, for on the morrow, as soon as it was day, to his fellow's inn he took his way, and when that he came to this ox's stall, after his fellow he began to call. The hosteller answered him anon, and said, Sir, your fellow is he gone, as soon as day he went out of the town. This man gan fallen in suspicion, remembering on his dreamers that he met, and forth he went, no longer would he let, unto the west gate of the town, and fanned a dung-cart, as it went for to dung-land, that was arrayed in the same wise as ye have heard the deady man devise. And with an hardy heart he gan to cry, Vengeance and justice of this felony! My fellow murdered in this same night, and in this cart he lies, gaping upright, I cry out on the ministers, quoth he, that should he keep and rule this city. Harrow, alas, here lies my fellow slain. What should I more unto this tale saying? The people out start, and cast the cart to ground, and in the middle of the dung they found the deady man, that murdered was all new. Oh, blissful God, that art so good and true, lo, how that thou bereest murder alway. Murder will out, that see we day by day. Murder is so latsome and abominable to God that is so just and reasonable, that he will not suffer it he it be, though it abide a year, or two, or three. Murder will out, 
this is my conclusion. And right anon the ministers of the town have hent the carter, and so sore him pined, and eke the hosteller so sore engined, that they benew their wickedness anon, and were hanged by the necky bone. Here may ye see that dreamers be to dread, and certes, in the same book I read, right in the nexty chapter after this, I gabby not, so have I joy and bliss, two men that would have passed over sea, for certain cause, into a far country, if that the wind, not had a been contrary, that made a them in a city for to tarry, that stood fell merry upon an haven side. But on a day against the eventide the wind gan change, and blew right as them lest. Jolly and glad they went it to their rest, and casted them full early for to sail. But to the one man fell a great marvail, that one of them, in sleeping as he lay, he met a wondrous dream against the day. He thought a man stood by his bedde's side, and him commanded that he should abide, and said him thus, If thou to-morrow wend, thou shalt be drowned, my tale is at an end. He woke, and told his fellow what he met, And prayed him his voyage for to let. As for that day, he prayed him to abide. His fellow, that lay by his bedde's side, Gan for to laugh, and scorned him full fast. No dream, quoth he, may so my heart aghast, That I will let it for to do my things. Oh, I set not a straw by thy dreamings, For swevens be but vanities and japes. Men dream all day of owlies and of apes, And eke of many a maze therewithal. Men dream of thing that never was nor shall. But since I see that thou wilt here abide, And thus for slothy wilfully thy tide, God what it rueth me, and have good day. And thus he took his leave and went his way, but, ere that he had half his courses sailed, I know not why, nor what mischance it ailed, but casually the ship is bottom rent, and ship and man under the water went. In sight of other ship is there beside, that with him sailed at the same tide. And therefore, Fair Patalote so dear, by such examples, old, mayst thou leer, That no man should a be too reckless of dreams. For I say thee, doubtless, that many a dream full sore is for to dread. Lo, in the life of St. Kenelm I read, That was Kenulfus' son, the noble king of Mersinric, How Kenelm met a thing, a little Ere he was murdered on a day, his murder in his vision, he say. His nurse him expounded every deal his sweven, And bade him to keep him well for treason. But he was but seven years old, and therefore little tale hath he told of any dream, So holy was his heart. 
by God, I had lever than my shirt, that ye had read his legend as have I. Dame Partelote, I say you truly, Macrobius, that wrote the vision in Afric of the worthy Scipion, affirmeth dreamers, and saith that they be warnings of thingies that men after see. And furthermore, I pray you, look ye well in the Old Testament of Daniel, if he held dreamers any vanity. Read eke of Joseph, and there shall ye see whether dreams be sometimes, I say not all, warnings of thingies that shall after fall. Look of Egypt, the king, Dan Pharaoh, his baker, and his butler also, whether they felt in non-effect in dreams. Whoso will seek the acts of sundry reames, may read of dreames many a wondrous thing. Lo, Croesus, which was of Lydia king, met a he not that he sat upon a tree, which signified he should hanged be. Lo, here, Andromache, Hector his wife, that day that Hector, should he lose his life, she dreamed on the night beforn, how that the life of Hector should be lorn. If thilke day he went into battle, she warned him, but it might not avail. He went forth to fight him, natheless, and was he slain anon of Achilles. But thilke tale is all too long to tell, and eke it is nigh day, I may not dwell. Shortly I say, as for conclusion, that I shall have, of this avision, aversity. And I say furthermore, that I ne tell of laxatives no store, for they be venomous, I wot it well. I them defy, I love them never a dell. But let us speak of mirth, and stint all this. Madam, part a lot. So have I bliss of one thing God hath sent me largy grace. For when I see the beauty of your face, ye be so scarlet-hued about your iron, I maketh all my dready for to dien. For also sicker as in principio mulieris dominis confusio. Ha, <laughs> ha, madam, the sentence of this Latin is, Woman is manny's joy and manny's bliss. For when I feel at night your softy side, Albeit that I may not on you ride, For that our perch is made so narrow, alas, I am so full of joy and of solace, That I defy both sweven and eke dream. And with that word he flew down from the beam, For it was day, and eke his hennies all, And with a chuck he gan them for to call, for he had found a corn lay in the yard. Royal he was, he was no more afeard. He feathered Partalotta twenty time, and as oft trod her, ere that it was prime. He looked as it were a grim lion, and on his toes he roamed up and down. He deigned not to set his feet to ground. He chucked when he had a corn found, and to him ran then his wives all. Thus royal, as a prince is, in his hall, leave I the chanticleer in his pasture, 
and after will I tell his aventure. When that the month in which the world began, that highty march, when God first maked man, was complete, and they passed were also, since March ended, thirty days and two, befell that Chanticleer in all his pride, his seven wives walking him beside, cast up his iron to the brightest sun, that in the sign of Taurus had he run twenty degrees and one, and somewhat more. He knew by kind, and by none other lore, that it was prime, and crew with blissful steven. The sun, he said, is clomben up in heaven twenty degrees and one and more, he wis. Madam Partelot, my world is bliss. Hearken, these blissful birdies, how they sing, and see the freshy flowers, how they spring. Full is mine heart of revel and solace. But suddenly him fell a sorrowful case, For ever the latter end of joy is woe. God wot that worldly joy is soon ago, And if a rhetor could he fair indite, He in a chronicle might it safely write, As for a sovereign notability, Now every wise man let him hearken me. This story is all as true, I undertake, as is the book of Launcelot du Lake, that women hold in full great reverence. Now will I turn again to my sentence. A cull fox, full of sly iniquity, that in the grove had wanted Uri's three, by high imagination forecast, the same night thorough the hedges brassed into the yard, where Chanticleer the fair was wont, and eke his wives, to repair. And in a bed of warties still he lay, till it was past undern of the day, waiting his time on Chanticleer to fall. As gladly do these homicides all, that in a weighty lie to murder men. O oh, false murderer, rouking in thy den, O oh, new Iscariot, new Ganilion, O oh, false dissimular, O oh, Greek Sinon, that broughtest Troy all utterly to sorrow, O oh, Chanticleer, Accursed be the morrow that thou into thy yard flew from the beams. Thou wert full welly warned by thy dreams that thilke day was perilous to thee. But what that God for what must needes be, after the opinion of certain clerkes? Witness on him that any perfect clerk is, that in school is great altercation in this matter, and great disputation, and hath been of an hundred thousand men. But I ne cannot bolt it to the bren, as can the holy doctor, Augustine, or Boesi, or the bishop, Bradwardine. Whether that God is worthy for weeting, straineth me needly for to do a thing, 
needly call I simple necessity. Or else, if free choice she be granted me to do that same thing, or do it not, though God forwot it, ere that it was wrought. Or if his wheating straineth never a deal, but by necessity conditionell. I will not have to do of such matere. My tale is of a cock, as ye may hear, that took his counsel of his wife with sorrow, to walken in the yard upon the morrow that he had met the dream, as I you told. Woman's counsels be full often cold. Woman's counsel brought us first to woe, And made Adam from paradise to go. There as he was, full merry and well at ease. But, for I know not to whom I might displease, If I counsel of women would he blame, Pass over, for I said it in my game. Read authors where they treat of such matter, And what they say of women ye may hear. These be the cocky's wordies, and not mine. I can no harm of no woman divine. Fair in the sand, to bathe her merrily, Lies Partelote and all her sisters by, Against the sun. And Chanticleer so free sang merrier, than the mermaid in the sea. For Physiologus saith, sickily, How that they sing it well, well and merrily. And so befell that, As he cast his eye among the warties, On a butterfly, He was wary of this fox that lay full low. <gasps> Nothing they list him then for to crow, But cried anon, cock, cock, and up he start, as man that was afraid in his heart. For naturally a beast desireth flee from his contrary, if be may it see. Though he ne'er erst had soon it with his eye, this shanty clear when he gan him espy, he would have fled. But that the fox anon said, Gentle sir, alas, why will ye go? Be ye afraid of me, that am your friend? Now, certes, I were worse than any fiend, If I to you would harm or villainy. I am not come your counsel to espy, But truly the cause of my coming Was only for to hearken how ye sing, For truly Ye have as merry a Stephen as any angel hath that is in heaven. Therewith ye have of music more feeling than had Boesi, or any that can sing. My lord your father, God his soul bless, and eke your mother of her gentleness, have in mine house been to my great ease. And certy, sir, full fain would I you please. But for men speak of singing, I will say, So may I brook well mine iron tway, Save you I heard he never man so sing, As did your father in the morning. Certes, it was of heart 
all that he sung. And for to make his voice the more is strong, he would so pain him, that with both his iron he must wink, so loud he would he cry in. And standing on his tiptoes therewithal, and stretchy forth his necky long and small. And eke he was of such discretion, that there was no man in no region that him in song or wisdom might he pass. I have well read in Dan Burnell the ass among his versy, how that there was a cock, that for a priest's son gave him a knock upon his leg while he was young and nice, he made him for to lose his benefice. But certain, there is no comparison between the wisdom and discretion of your father and his subtlety. Now sing ye, sir, for sainted charity, let's see, can ye your father counterfeit? This Chanticleer his wings began to beat, As man that could not his treason espy, So was he ravished with his flattery. Ho, ho, alas, ye lordies, Many a false flatterer is in your court, And many a lozenger that please you well more, By my faith, than he that soothfastness unto you saith. Read in Ecclesiast of flattery, Beware ye lordies of their treachery. This Chanticleer stood high upon his toes, Stretching his neck, and held his iron clothes, And gan to crow loudly for the nonce, And Dan Russell the fox, Start up at once, and by the gorge, Hent Chanticleer, ah, And on his back, toward the wood, him bear. For yet was there no man that him pursued? O oh, destiny that must not be eschewed! Alas, that Chanticleer flew from the beams! Alas, his wife wrought he not of dreams! And on a Friday fell all this mischance, O oh, Venus, that art goddess of pleasance, Since that thy servant was this Chanticleer, And in thy service did all his power more for delight than the world to multiply? Why wilt thou suffer him on thy day to die? O Gorfrid, deary master sovereign, that when thy worthy king Richard was slain with shot, complainedest his death so sore. Why not had I now thy sentence and thy lore? The Friday for to Chiden, as did ye. For on a Friday swiftly slain was he. Then would I show you how that I could plain, For Chanticleer is dread, and for his pain. Certes, such cry nor lamentation Was ne'er of ladies made, When Ilion was won, and Pyrrhus with his straightest sword, when he had hent King Priam by the beard, and slain him, as saith us Enaidos, as maiden all the hennies in the close, when they had seen of Chanticleer the sight. But sovereignly Dame Partelota shrite, 
full louder than did Hasdrubali's wife, when that her husband had he lost his life, and that the Romans had he burnt Carthage. She was so full of torment and of rage, that wilfully into the fire she start, and burnt herself with a steadfast heart. O oh, woeful hennies, right so cried ye, as when that Nero burned the city of Rome, cried the senatories' wives, for that their husbands lost an all their lives. Without a guilt, this Nero hath them slain. Now will I turn unto my tale again. The saily widow, and her daughters too, heard at these hennies cry, and make a woe, and at the doors out started they anon, and saw the fox toward the wood is gone, and bear upon his back the cock away. They cried, Out, Harrow, and well away, aha, the fox! And after him they ran, and eke with staves many another man ran Collar Dog, and Talbot, and Garland, and Malkin with her distaff in her hand, ran Cow, and Calf, and eke the very hogges, so feared they were, for barking of the doggies, and shouting of the men and women eke. They ran a so, them thought their hearts would break. They yelled, as the fiendes do in hell. The duckies cried, as men would them quell. The geese, for fear, flewen o'er the trees. Out of the hive came the swarm of bees, so hideous was the noise, Ben Dickite. Certes he, Jack Straw, and his manee, ne made never shouties half so shrill, when that they wouldn't any Fleming kill, as Vilka Day was made upon the fox. Of brass they brought a beamies, and of box, of horn and bone, in which they blew and pooped, and therewithal they shrieked and they hooped. It seemed as the heaven should a fall. Now, goody men, I pray you, hearken all. Lo, how fortune turneth suddenly the hope and pride eke of her enemy. This cock that lay upon the fox's back, in all his dread, Unto the fox he spake, and said, Sir, if that I were as ye, Yet would I say, as wisly God help me, Turn ye again, ye proudy churlies all, A very pestilence upon you fall. Now am I come unto the woody's side, Maugray your head, the cock shall here abide, I will him eat in faith, and that anon. The fox answered, In faith it shall be done, And as he spake the word, All suddenly the cock brake from his mouth deliverly, And high upon a tree he flew anon. And when the fox saw that the cock was gone, Alas, quoth he, O clear, alas! I have, quoth he, a done to you trespass, inasmuch as I maked you afeard, when I you hent, 
and brought out of your yard. But, sir, I did it in no wick intent. Come down, and I shall tell you what I meant. I shall say sooth to you, God help me so. Nay then, quoth he, I shrew us both the two, and first I shrew myself, both blood and bones, if thou beguile me oftener than once. Thou shalt no more, through thy flattery, do me to sing and winky with mine eye. For he that winketh, when he should see, all wilfully, God let him never thee. Nay, quoth the fox, but God give him mischance, that is so indiscreet of governance, that jangleth, when that he should hold his peace. Lo, what it is, for to be reckless, and negligent, and trust on flattery. But ye that hold this tale a folly, as of a fox, or of a cock and hen, take the morality thereof, good men. For St. Paul saith, that all that written is, to our doctrine it written is iwis. Take the fruit and let the chaff be still. Now, goody God, if that it be thy will, as saith my Lord, so make us all good men, and bring us all to thy high bliss. Amen. The end of the nun's priest's tale, but there's an epilogue. THE EPILOGUE Sir, none is priest, our host is said anon. Blessed be thy breach and every stone. This was a merry tale of Chanticleer. But by my truth, if thou wert seculier, thou wouldest be a treadifowler right. For if thou have courage, as thou hast might, Thee were in need of hennies, as I ween, yea, more than seven times seventeen. See what brawnies hath this gentle priest, so great a neck, and such a large breast. He looketh as a sparrowhawk with his e'en. Him needeth not his colour for to die in, with Brazil, nor with grain of Portugal. But, sir, fairy fall you, for your tale. And after that, he with full merry cheer said to another, as ye shall hear. End of the epilogue to the nun's priest's tale.